August 18, 2019. The Nationals finish a 5-1 homestand, and yet all we can do is talk about the negatives. That negative? Sean Doolittle is injured, ineffective, and hurt. Will the Nationals be able to survive his absence? Plus, we talk about Strasburg and Rendon's impending free agency. From Bethesda, Maryland, this is the Rashcast with Jake and John. Hi, and welcome to what is still the Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. Uh, we are having some technical issues with the rebrand and restart, so uh, rather than postpone another week, we're uh, coming to you live from... Well, not live. Live at the time. Yeah, live to tape. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, We're... before I dissemble and start ranting. Uh, so this week, the Nats uh, had a six-game homestand against the Reds and the Brewers. They took... All three from the Reds in a sweep. They took two of three from the Brewers. Uh, just about the best result you could have hoped for out of the week. Yeah. And, you know, they the last three of the last four games has been a real offensive showcase for the Nats. Mm-hmm. Um, scoring 17, 15, 16, sorry, today. And 14 games. 14 runs. 14 runs in three, in three of the last four games. Right. Um, so it's been a really interesting week. You know, a lot of good things have happened. And then, you know... Probably the most notable thing that happened this week was the Sean Doolittle situation. I don't know, man. I don't know why you have to say the most ne- the most notable thing was, that happened was a negative thing. It was probably the most notable thing that happened, though. You know, the runs are great, but it was the most newsworthy thing. Yeah, in Our terms closer of... closer going on the I.L. with a, air quotes, uh, knee inflammation. For, for the record, Johnny is actually doing the air quotes. I am. Uh, so. You can't see them, No, but that's I why can. I said air quotes. Um... <laughs> But uh, so, I think that's the most most notable thing to happen: losing the closer, your closer, and you know, it was probably it's a long time coming. A long time coming. Yeah, he has struggled really mightily in this this August month. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, you know, he he blew a three run save on Friday. He finished a three run save on Sunday. Then on Monday, Monday he gave up two runs and nearly blew a three run save. Uh, maybe the situation, maybe the thing is we shouldn't bring him in three run games anymore. That's true. He, uh, was perfect in a one run game on Friday. Exactly. Well, the three run game on Sunday, but, what? uh, last Sunday three, he saved the three run game. That's true. But any, yeah. Regardless. It, he, I mean, last night too, his fastball velocity was down 92 and it finished yeah, his, at 90. His last fastball, the Braun, the one that Braun hit over the fence was at 90 and a half miles an hour. Which is not good when that's your only pitch. Right. It's it's not good when it's not your normal fastball velocity. You know, it's it's yeah. weird though because Friday, his fastball velocity was ninety three to ninety five, but it didn't have the same bite to it. Uh, his he he got one swing and a miss in the eighteen pitches he threw on Friday, and that was on a slider. Uh, his fastball was being fouled off when uh, it was in the zone, which yeah. is is not great for a guy who relies on swing and miss and relies on you know that fastball up to be swung through i mean he he more than most any other pitcher in baseball relies on getting swings and misses from his fastball uh because he does not have really any secondary stuff and he's a fastball pitcher mm-hmm. uh he, he was working in a slider more 
Well, he had to. Yeah. Because they were right on his fastball. He threw a great 0-2 slider to strike out Yelich on Friday. Uh, but it's clear that Sean Doolittle is not the type of pitcher who you can rely on as a workhorse. He's never been his entire career. But the Nats, 75% because of personnel and 25% of because you know of Davies' managerial style, which is sort of... Uh, very nervous. Yeah, I, I don't constantly know. nervous. Right. Uh, he he pitched a ton in the first three four months of this season in a lot of four and five run games. I think he came into twelve games in which the Nats were leading by more than three. Uh, and yeah, there's some good reason for that. Obviously, the Nats at the time didn't have a reliever that they could trust to get three outs before they got four runs. Uh, but there were times, especially there was a series against the Marlins when Martinez brought him in for a five-run game and then a four-run game. The five-run game was with for one out, though, right? was for one out. Yeah. Uh, which still you have to warm up and you know right, get ready. You have to warm up, get ready. He gave up three runs in the inning, uh-huh. uh, and then in a four-run game uh, when there was really no—I mean, this is the Marlins we're talking about. They have the worst offense in the National League. Yeah. Uh, so he also brought him in for a four-run game against the Giants recently. Yes, and that was right before the struggles really started. Uh-huh. Uh, It's—he has been. Not just hittable, but hittable for hard contact in a way that he hasn't been since he's been a Nat. Uh, and, and the Nats have now put him on the IL. You hope, I mean, there's no guarantee that Some these rest will just help him. Right. I mean, there's no guarantee that, that the damage isn't already done for this year and that 10 days will be enough to fix him. But you got to try it at this point. The Nats do finally have a second guy that they can rely on. Hudson has looked pretty terrific so yeah. far. I mean, that fastball really comes up on you. 97, but with a lot of topspin on it. Yeah, a lot of movement. I mean, he's he doesn't have that very long track record of success. He's also an injury risk. He's also a guy that you can't really push. Uh, and frankly, it might not even make sense to make him the closer. No, I would still put Rodney at closer. And Fernando Rodney has had way more closing experience. Yeah, he's been more than that. It's just the fact that Hudson is such a useful player as a fireman yeah. that uh, you, you can plug and play place him anywhere. Ex- I mean, and then you also have Strickland too, who's looked right. really good as a Nat. So and the Nats have a little bit more depth, hooray, in their bullpen than they've had all year. Who knows if that'll stand up? I mean, these are not guys with sustained track records of success, mm-hmm. uh, but they, uh, you know. They can withstand this better than they could a couple of weeks ago, and they really need to get Sean Doolittle right because mm-hmm. without Sean Doolittle being right, this team is not going anywhere. Well, I don't know. I think they can still it. Their weakness is still their weakness. Sure. With with or without Sean Doolittle. Yeah, absolutely. And the I bullpen think bullpen is never going to be good. Yeah, it's not. And I think with the additions that the Nats have made. You know, and I have faith in Greg Holland, maybe, potentially, as a guy who could really help this team. He did it last year. Sure. 
Um, his, you vo- know, his velocity was also down two miles an hour this month. Yeah, I mean, that's true. There was a reason he's available. Uh-huh. There was a reason he, Fernando Rodney was available. And there was a reason why he was available last year, too. And there was a reason that Daniel Hudson was available at the cheap cost that we got him. Exactly. So there's a reason why a lot of these guys are available. So I I mean, it's, I think we'll probably call Holland up this week, especially with, uh, with McGowan being terrible and probably not going to use him again. No. Um, maybe DFA him. Who knows? Um, and then, you know, you got Hudson, you got Strickland, who I've really liked, and Elias will come back sometime soon. You know, he's not progressing the way we No, they, they said that he has been... He's going to uh, throw a bullpen this week, so probably after that bullpen, probably a few days after that, he'll come yeah, back. he might be back by the end of the week. Yeah, so, and I, and he has good stuff. And so, if Doolittle isn't right, I don't think it's the end-all, be-all of this team, as it no. was a month ago. Listen, the Nats, other than, I mean, the, the bullpen is a, is a problem for the Nats, more so than it is for any other team. But, well, you know, the is, bullpen is a problem for just about every NL playoff team. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the teams that are currently in, the, in position for the playoffs right now, uh, the Cardinals have lost their closer in Hicks and don't really have... Miller's been pretty good for them. Miller has been good, uh, but you know beyond that, they don't really have great bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Dodgers, who are the best team in the NL, uh, beyond Kenley Jansen, who has been hittable in terms of home runs for the past couple years and not mm-hmm. really looked like himself, uh, the Dodgers bullpen is, is no great shakes, yeah. uh, although they've got a lot of guys that they can use out of the bullpen, mm-hmm. uh, Dustin May being the, the guy you would expect, Julio Urias, when he comes back from his domestic yeah, violence. I don't, I don't get why he's able to come back into the playoffs. and you know They're, they're doing it on a case-by-case basis, which is just not a policy. I mean, no. I don't know how I feel about sports leagues wading into the domestic violence suspension fight uh it's it's tricky on the one hand you know and i don't want to make this whole podcast about this but you've got problems with uh how punishing someone for their livelihood especially for someone who's got such a lucrative livelihood Mm. uh can impact reporting rate uh but on the other hand this is an entertainment industry and if people don't want to watch uh you think the Cubs have had fewer sales because Addison Russell's on no, the team? No, but perception matters when you're talking about an, inter- an entertainment industry. I don't think that's true for this entertainment industry. It's um, possibly not. I mean, it, it, baseball and sports in general don't I mean, really I was at the Mets the same games. Audience. Jose Reyes got a standing ovation when he left the field last year against the Mets yeah. for the Mets. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I don't think that. I understand that. I don't think that's the the you know the perception. I don't think teams really care about that. Sure. Uh, anyway, leagues want to look like they're doing something, so this is what they do. Well, yeah, but the perception matters. It's an entertainment industry. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, back on yeah, topic. Back on topic. The Dodgers have some guys that they can put in the bullpen, but uh, their bullpen is, you know, in terms of uh, solid relievers, not really yeah. uh, a threat. The Braves have brought in three relievers who, as I said in our trade deadline show. Uh, these were the best relievers available, but they weren't exactly good. And they have uh, not been good. And they've been quite Although bad. Today they did their job. They got three one, two, three innings yeah. out of their guys. Against a very good lineup in the yeah. Dodgers. But who have Christopher Negron playing second base for them. 
Yeah. I mean, they've got crazy depth, but they're starting to sort of wear thin on even that depth. Uh-huh. And then you look at the Cubs, who, without Craig Kimbrell, who just came back today, uh, they have, you know, Pedro Strope and a whole bunch of, of guys that you never would have heard of. Oh, you know, they also have Seashack. Uh, and also, what's his name from us? Um, oh, Brandon Kinsler. Kinsler. Who's been quite good. Except for Friday night. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and the point is that the NL does not have any good bullpens. The only good bullpen that the NL really had was the Giants, and they dismantled it partially. Uh, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's weird as we've gotten closer and closer to sort of winding down the role of the starter. Uh, relievers have gotten worse, especially, I mean, this has been the sort of culmination of that this year. Yeah. And you just, you look at the NL and there just are no good bullpens. There's only three good bullpens in baseball. It's the Indians, the Yankees, and the Astros. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very odd. It is. I mean, I don't think it's odd. I don't think it's that much of a surprise to me, honestly. I mean, you, you look know, at you only, look at the Brewers. Yeah. Look at the Brewers, who had one of the best bullpens in baseball, and then they pitched them a ton into the ground, and right. now they're bad. It was a long postseason run. I mean, they use, they use Hater in a way that no reliever has been used. I mean, Hater's since... still been good. He's just been homer prone. No, he's he's getting hit. I mean, his stuff is still there, mm-hmm. but he's getting hit hard. The point is they used him in a way that no modern reliever has been used. You know, they're asking him to throw like a one-ing reliever, but they're asking they're using him like he's Mark Mike Marshall, 1972. And the roles are just different. You can't you can't pitch like that. No. Especially at the velocity you're pitching at right. max effort every night, it's not gonna work. Yeah. And so this is this is just a long time coming. And I, I'm in the next couple of years, it's gonna be interesting to see where the curve goes. I'm guessing it's just gonna go faster rate through relievers and just more guys coming up and down, you know, just a kind of carousel of guys going but through that's I mean that's, that that's already started and they're yeah. actually you know, that's gonna go more that direction. Maybe, but MLB is starting to try and litigate against that. They have they're going to re-expand the 10-day IL to 15 again for pitchers, mm-hmm. which I think is very smart if that's I what you're too. trying to stop. Uh, I mean, you look at teams like the Rays and the Dodgers who manipulated the hell out of the disabled list uh, in order to use that carousel of pitchers, and it's just also it, the Rays have a good bullpen. Just pops in my head. Yeah, the Rays do, but they've got a lot of, I mean. But just regardless, sort of, yeah. I mean, the point is that, yeah. I mean, Buster only wrote a piece about this. I didn't get to read it because I don't have ESPN Plus. Right. But I think I agree with the headline. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of cutting edge research that we do on this. Exactly. This but he was just he was talking about the 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 toll it's taking of shorter and shorter starting pitcher uh, starting pitching outings and the length of them. So it's just gonna. I think you know this is something I've thought it was going to happen for a while and that the bullpens are just going to get worse because over usage. And yeah. when you have a starter going seven innings and you, those, and they have five days to rebound, it's different than relievers going seven innings in five days or not even. I mean, it's so it's, it's interesting because you remember when we were starting to see the deep, you know, the increase in velocity, mm-hmm. But without a decrease in starter innings pitched, I'm talking about from say 2006 to 2014. Mm-hmm. And we had that Tommy John scourge. Yeah, that was a lot of a starting lot of pitchers, pitchers seemed to go, you know, 
get themselves hurt. And it seems to have abated a little bit. Yeah, I remember one spring training. I don't remember which one it was. It was 2014. Yeah. Where there were like six or seven pitchers who went under the knife. Right. I mean, I remember that the, the Braves lost like, well, I guess that wasn't, uh, I guess Beachy and Medlin were not no, but Tommy they're... John. No, Medlin was. Oh yeah, was Medlin the was time. the second Tommy John, but they, uh, yeah, it was it was the spring of 2014, uh, and that as you know, as starting pitchers have gone, you know, the the average in 2014 was six innings a start, uh, and now it's just over five and a third, which doesn't seem like a lot, but really is, mm-hmm. especially in just five years. But you've sort of seen as teams have been more careful with starters even as they're still throwing as hard as they ever did, I just it feels like there have been fewer Tommy Johns from starting pitchers, but you know relievers have, have worn themselves out. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily injury. I mean, you see it with Sean Doolittle. Yeah. It's the loss of velocity. No, loss Johnny. He has an extremely serious left knee tendon. Oh, yes. I actually think Sean Doolittle is just trying to opt out of his contract. For yes, exactly. He's trying to opt out of his contract by being so bad that the Nats that, decline the club option. Exactly. Smart. Uh-huh. Um... So speaking of opting out of the contracts, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Steven Strasburg first, actually. Sure. But we, and then we'll talk about a little bit of another free agent this offseason, too. Matt so, Adams? Matt Adams. Everyone's mm-hmm. big city. Um, Gerardo Parra? Uh-huh. No, so first, Steven Strasburg. Uh, it seems more and more people are kind of believing that he's going to opt out. I don't know. He is hitting a bit of a rough, rough patch in this his season, but before the rough patch, he had a three two ERA. Well, it's hard to call it a rough patch. He's had one really bad start, and he that wasn't was great the last time out either. No, five minutes. Oh, he, he had to run the bases. Yeah, he was at one run, one in, or one run and five gave up three meaningless runs. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's I I wouldn't judge him based on that. He's got 15 wins. I mean, it's the got, second time where he's hit and then had a really bad next inning. Yeah, against the Braves, he did that too. He's got fi- he's got 15 wins. He's got a 380 ERA, which yeah. is good enough for a, a 121 ERA plus. Let me check that. Yeah, but um, I I don't think he's gonna opt out. He hasn't opted after this season. He's opted after next season. Um, he's still owed. Uh, how much he still owed? He is owed. So this is the third year of his contract. Of he would be owed contract. of the seven-year contract, which means he's owed a hundred million dollars over the next four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got a three-eight-two ERA and one hundred and fifty-eight innings. He's on pace to hit the two hundred innings mark for only the second time in his career. Uh, first being twenty fourteen when he hit two hundred and fifteen innings. Uh, his three thirty-seven FIP is quite good. Yeah. Uh, his three thirty-seven FIP. Let me check. Is uh, where is it? There it is. Three thirty-seven. FIP is eighth in the NL. Uh, he's been durable in a way that he hasn't been for the entirety of his career. Uh, this is the longest he's made it since two thousand and fourteen. Uh, without going back an injury. To last year too. Yeah. No, going through through his entire career. Yeah. This is the longest he's made it since twenty fourteen without any injury. He's taking the ball every five days. And if you're Steven Strasburg, this is a pretty good year to sort of platform off of uh, if, if you wanted to be a free agent. He's going into his age 31 season. But at the same time, there's been sort of a, I mean, people call it a capital strike. I don't know if I want to call it that, but sort of a, 
lack of interest in long free agent contracts to pitchers, Patrick Corbin being the exception. Uh, and Steven Strasburg, despite being healthy this year, is still widely perceived as an injury risk. Yeah. Uh, and he's got $100 million that he'd be leaving on the table over the next four yeah. years. Did and he's got another opt-out next year. And and he seems to like it here. Sure. And he, and he signed a... Uh, you know, he signed a major extension when he didn't have to before. The question is, do you think that Steven Strasburg would get more than four years, a hundred? I don't. Th- I think he'd probably get, maybe get five years, one twenty-five. I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I mean, Corbin got six one forty, and Corbin is younger. Yes. Well, Corbin is. Uh, I mean, just barely younger. Corbin entering is entering his age thirty season as well. Okay. So he was a year younger. A year younger. Come, and that's a difference. He, I mean, besides the Tommy John surgery, Corbin, I mean, Corbin's had injury problems too. No, just the Tommy just John. The Tommy he's John, he's yeah. been healthy since then. And Corbin was coming off a better oh, and, season. And Corbin is actually, uh, this counts as his age 29 season. So yeah. he was two years younger. He's two years younger than what Strasburg so would be now. Corbin getting 6'140, you know, you have Which to look- was sort of an outlier. Exactly. No one thought he was going to get that much. It's not that no one thought that he would get that much. It's that it's also an outlier only, in the market. Only the Nationals offered that yeah. much. The Nats went the extra sixth year, which is what got the deal done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's th- typically how these markets work. The winning contract is... The best one. The best... Well, no, but, I mean, that's that's become increasingly untrue. Mm-hmm. You know, as teams sort of rely on those algorithms, uh, which, if this were not a baseball podcast, uh, and if this was my real job, I would talk about how sort of algorithmic design can lead to this non-collusion collusion yeah because you get a bunch of algorithms that take in the same inputs uh that have the same desired output uh and that are sort of you know if you've got a bunch of algorithms that are designed the same way yeah they're going to give you the same information Mm -hmm. uh but uh but so you, you're seeing less variance now in player contracts being offered, mm-hmm. uh, and the Corbin deal was an exception in a an off season where you saw a lot of that. I I just I don't know that Strasburg would be guaranteed to get more than four and a hundred. Uh, yeah. Even coming off, this is probably it's his most durable season. No, it's his best shot. If he wanted, because yeah. he's got an opt out as well after 2020, mm-hmm. and I I can't imagine, you know, unless he stays healthy again, him getting more than three, him getting 75. No, I'm saying I, I'm saying that this this is probably if he wanted to opt out, the best year for him to yes, do it. Yes, pro- definitely. Yeah, uh, but I just it's obviously a personal decision. It, it comes down to how much Strasburg likes the city and how much he wants to try the free agent market. I could see him doing it because. You know, there are decent odds that he might get more money, but I wouldn't call it a sure thing. I wouldn't even, I I don't know that I would say that it's a likely outcome. Yeah, I think, I mean, I would guess he'd say he stays because I, I mean, I just don't, you know, you saw what happened to the second best pitcher on the market last off season. And I don't think that happened to Strasburg per se, but you know, Keiko has a Cy Young, Strasburg doesn't. No, but But Strasburg has diminished velocity. Right. Strasburg, you know. Does, but he's been effective effective with with diminished velocity. Right. Um. I think that it would be a massive risk. And you saw David Price 
you know, who's coming off a very similar season to Strasburg this year. And Price also had four years and $100 million left on his contract. And he, last offseason, mm-hmm. and he opted into the contract. And I think Strasburg is going to do the same. I well, think. I mean, Price was also coming off a World Series victory. Yeah, so. he wants, you know, maybe. Who knows? Uh, right. <laughs> going on. Yeah, uh, to I, I don't, I don't know that agent. I would. Yeah, I'm not going to predict. Listen, I mean, just as an aside, the Nationals are a good team. They're probably a top three team in the National League. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, by record, they right now are. And I think by talent, I mean, since... And by run differential, now they're, they're second. They're second, yeah. Another Pythagorean division championship for the Washington Nationals. I mean, I'd say they have a better roster than the Cubs. Sure. I mean, they've got acute problems that could come back. They've got an Achilles heel. Yeah. It's the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, so is every team. Right. And, I mean, the Nets have it worse than most. Uh-huh. But the Nets also have a very good lineup. Uh, that is when Suzuki's in the lineup, eight deep. Yep. Especially with Robles getting hot. Uh, and they've got a starting rotation that, assuming Scherzer comes back, strong is four deep. Uh, which is perfect for the playoffs. Which is perfect for the playoffs. So need. they're And, and the, the Dodgers, and I've said this about the Dodgers every single season that they've been in a, the Friedman administration – is that their major strength is their depth, mm-hmm. and that carries them through a regular season, but it's not a huge advantage. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> it's worked out well for the last two years. How many rings do they have, John? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it, it's not... Assuming everyone's healthy come in division series time, you know, it's not a huge advantage to have such depth. No. Uh, I mean, it, obviously the Nets still have a month and a half to play, and a wild card game, presumably, that they're going to have to win, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, on paper, the Dodgers rotation is a little better than the Nets. Dodgers lineup may be a little better. Uh, and their bullpen is a little better. But not so substantially that I would, you know, write the Nats off. No. Uh, so I, th- I, I mean, we, talk- we were talking about this this week. If the Nats are able to win the wild card game. And beat the Dodgers. And beat the Dodgers. I think they're a best shot to win the pennant. Well, and maybe the which well, is just to say that we think that they're the second best team, yeah, or you know, good enough that they could beat the Braves, yeah. Uh, so anyway, getting back to Anthony Rendon, yes, going way back. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rendon homered again today, three on homers, three short of three RBI short of a hundred. Yep the uh, the Nationals' record for fastest time getting to a hundred RBIs. Uh, Daniel Murphy did it on September 7th of 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rendon will probably do it this week. Right. And uh, the Nationals team record for RBIs is 110 in a season. That was Ryan Zimmerman in 2006. And barring injury, looks like Rendon is going to fly by that mark. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he is looking more and more likely he's destined to become a free agent. And the question is, would you pay him? That's what I'm asking right now. My guess is he's probably going to get something around 8 261 It's impossible to say because... I mean, he's looking for Arnado money. And he might get it. He might not. I think he will. I think he's a good but, enough third baseman. He deserves that money. Oh, yeah. No, it's not a question of deserve. It's a que- I mean, I don't know what I the think, market's going to bear anymore. I mean, top anymore. talent is still getting paid. That's true. It takes a long time. But top talent is still getting paid. Yeah. I mean, it, it Bryce took- Harper got his money. Manny Machado got his money. Anthony Rendon will get his money. Mike Trout got his money. Mike Trout got his money. Right. Arenado got his money. Yeah, top talent is still getting paid in this league because right. top talent is good. Right. Well, yeah. Duh. The good players are good. Yeah. Not it's, much of it's, a... It's less that the good players are good. It's it's more that they're 
more difficult to replace. Yeah. It, so, would you give Rendon eight years two sixty one? That's what I'm. I'm. That's what I'm estimating his contract. Sure. Uh, yes. Yes. If I'm a Nat, if I'm the Nats front office, I think it makes more sense for the Nats than for any other team, because. Yes, I understand all of the things about how Rendon is. It's not that he's injury prone, but he has a, a tendency to let injuries sort linger. of nag. Uh, yeah, linger is a good word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that there's a possibility that he doesn't age well. Uh, I think maybe his, his offensive profile probably ages well, considering how quick his hands are. Uh, but... It's possible that it doesn't happen, and I understand that you know you expect the back half of that contract to be a nightmare. However, the Nationals are positioned to win in the next two years. They have a very you know an aging uh, and expensive starting pitching staff uh, that's not getting any younger, led by Max Scherzer, who you know has missed significant time for the first time in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, although not with an arm injury, but it's still a back injury, and back injuries can linger and be serious. Clayton Kershaw. Right. Uh, who has been great this year, and yeah. we should stop nagging him. No, he's been, he just hasn't been, you know, the Clayton Kershaw, but he's still been great. He's been terrific. He's yeah. gotten a, a 140 uh, ERA plus. He's, yeah. He's, he's still, probably, you know, he's, now he's yeah. probably the third best pitcher in his rotation. Yeah. Um, but he still might be a top 10 Cy Young. He might get Cy Young votes this year. Yeah. Regardless. Uh, Rendon, you know, with the Nats, with an aging starting rotation, a team that just lost the best, the consensus best player on the market the year before, uh, with a team that's got this window that really needs to win in the next two years, uh, you just, I don't see... Why the Nats? I mean, I, I understand all of the the caveats here and and how much money the Nats already have tied up, but it just it you've really gotta at this point. I mean, it's just it makes no sense to let a guy like Rendon go. I mean, there are there are suitable replacements on the market who will come cheaper and with fewer yeah. and with a shorter term, but they're not Rendon. Uh, and you take Rendon out of this lineup and you try and replace him with something worse because it's going to be something worse. Uh, this team stands a worse shot you know, at winning a title next year. And they've, you know, with the way this team is constructed, it's not that the window is closing, but because uh, it's not really a window question. It's, it's more of a question of, when is, you know, there's no guarantee. It's not that the window is closing in terms of players no longer under contract, but the window is closing in terms of those players aging. Uh, and this this is going to be your best shot in a while. You know, 2020 and 2021 are going to be your best shots in a while to win a title. Mm. Uh, and I just, I feel like signing Rendon is the only way they do it. Um, I mean, I think the Nationals are definitely a better team with Rendon, no doubt. But I, I worry that the back end of that contract will end up looking a lot like Zimmerman's, but worse. 
I, and I've said that. I mean, listen, I think actually Zimmerman's front end of Zimmerman's contract, contract was pretty bad. pretty bad. He got injured pretty much after he signed the contract. Well, no, he went. He got injured in after the contract went into effect. Yeah, in 2012. No, no, no. He was good in 12 and 13. He was hurt. He was a four-win player in 12 and 13. Yeah. Uh, the contract went into effect in 2014. And then he died. And then immediately afterwards, he started missing huge chunks of time. Yeah. So, I think... You know, that's my concern with Rendon is that he's just going to keep missing more and more times every year. You know, his main knock on him entering the draft was the injury problems. And while he's been fairly durable in his career, he's missed chunks of time, though. For it, sh- it should weird... be stated that he has not had any nagging, lingering injuries that, like, affect who, how he performance. Plays. No, no, I'm just talking about, like... It's not like he has a bad hamstring no. or an arthritic it's shoulder. It's always a weird injury, yeah. like diving for a ball. And right. These, are, these are acute injuries. Yeah, that... but they don't heal quickly. No. And I just see more and more of these things happening and him missing more and more chunks of time. It's certainly possible. I'm not, I don't think we're, we're in not, disagreement yeah. on, I on think, who Anthony Rendon is. I do think, though, that the Nats can still build a really good team without him. Um, sure. I think a guy like Mike Moustakis, who we saw the series, you know, hit two home runs today. Um, is up to 30 on the year, would be a good guy to get if we lose Rendon. There's a couple first basemen out there who can sign to, to slide in there because we're going to need a first baseman after this year. And a second baseman, although it might be Kibu. Yeah. So, yeah, we call up Kibu. I think he'll be ready by next year, no doubt. Um, well, it'll be certainly time to, to te- try him. To see what's yeah. up with him. Uh, I think there are options out there. And then if we don't let give Rendon the money – we can go out there and sign a couple of relievers and shore up that part of the, of the which, team. Which relievers? Who's going to be available? I don't know. Right. Check the relievers. I mean, I, I don't know. I it just, sure, I understand the problem with putting all your eggs in one basket. I understand that there are guys in Moustakis and Donaldson who can replace. I mean, I don't think Donaldson's coming here. I mean, I'm I think sure he's up. probably going to resign I with Atlanta, Atlanta, but it's it's yeah. still an option. You know, there's guys like Abreu that you could bring in at first base to, mm. you know, if you platoon Abreu and Adams, you'll get similar, if not better, production uh, out of first base, and that can sort of mitigate the loss of Rendon. But Rendon is the easiest solution. He's the best solution. He's and the most expensive solution. That is true, but he's... The easiest, he's the best, and he's also a hometown player or yeah. a homegrown player. I mean, it, I I think he's going to Texas. That's my prediction. It's possible, but opening a new stadium. He's from Texas. I think he loves the state. He's from Houston. He's not from Arlington. No, but still the same state. I mean, he's not going to go to Houston. No, they have no they have for him. Bregman and Correa. Yeah. So I, it's we'll see what happens. We still got a month and a half left in this season. And then off season, I think we stand a good chance to re-sign him because obviously, um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, like like I said with Harper at the start of his free agency, I would take the Nats over any individual team, but I would take the field over the Nats, yeah. and I think it's probably wider for Rendon than it was for Harper. Mm-hmm. I, I'd probably take the field by a larger margin than for Harper, but I don't know. All right, so that is it for us for this week, Uh, but we will talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.